check the weather app, activate my base shield, order a pizza, and save a galaxy on the brink of war as forces vie for control of the Alpha and Beta Quadrants. Download Star Trek Fleet Command today. Join millions of players and forge alliances, defeat your enemies, and build an epic fleet to dominate the galaxy. Download Star Trek Fleet Command free on the App Store or Google Play. Star Trek Fleet Command. You have the con. 5AA Breakfast. David Penberthy and Will Goodings. Weekdays from 6 till 9 on Adelaide's 5AA. 5AA Breakfast. David Penberthy and Will Goodings. Weekdays from 6 till 9 on Adelaide's 5AA. In the last hour on Adelaide's 5AA. Good evening. Dominic Cummings broke the rules. The country can see that, and it's shocked the government cannot. The longer ministers and prime minister tell us he worked within them, the more angry the response to this scandal is likely to be. Emily Maitlis. So you might recall conducted the interview with uh, Prince Andrew. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that, Fearless journalist. That, that went well. That was her intro to her Newsnight program. She's been sacked due to that introduction. You're kidding. The BBC has ruled that she breached impartiality rules. Oh, you're kidding. With regard to those opening remarks, that's the entirety of it. Matt Abraham joins us right now to talk about a big week in uh, politicals. And let's say, let's be honest about it too, medical spin. We've got the health minister, uh, Stephen Wade, saying, no one's saying that, uh, you know, I don't know how people got this idea that there'd be no COVID-19 in South Australia. <laughs> well, maybe from the Premier, you know. Now, for the latest... 5AA Breakfast. David Penberthy and Will Goodings. Eight minutes after eight, it continues to be the biggest story in South Australia today and questions coming in on the Telstra Store Mount Barker text line continuously regarding the state of South Australia's closed borders. What exemptions mean? Who gets them? And how it could be that someone who was quarantining Victoria that didn't end up having to see the full quarantine period out was able to enter South Australia with COVID-19. To pursue those matters further, a special breaking at eight this morning with the Police Commissioner, Grant Stevens. Commissioner, good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, guys. Well, just put us in the picture a bit with regard to the state of play exemption-wise in South Australia. How, how many exemptions would there be uh, on a regular basis for people coming into the state? Well, the, the, the matter of exemptions is by and large, uh, undertaken by health. They make a determination based on all of the circumstances, whether it's safe for someone to enter South Australia and whether we can safely manage them while they're here. So as an example, um, the woman that's been the subject of conversation over the last couple of days, um, even though she came from Victoria, having not completed her 14 days of um, quarantine there, was safely managed upon her arrival into South Australia, um, escorted to the Pullman Hotel, where she was under quarantine and any exemption would have allowed her to visit um, her terminally ill father whilst under escort. It was only when um, a positive uh, test came back and all people who go into the Pullman are tested on a regular basis. When that positive test was um, identified, the ability for her to move outside of the Pullman was restricted. So I understand the concerns people have about uh, visitors to South Australia having potentially come in with the virus, but when we have international travellers coming in or people who are given exemptions to enter South Australia from other states, there are specific sets of criteria that they must comply with so we can do as much as possible to ensure the safety of the South Australian community. So are you saying, Commissioner, that in, in a way that the case of this woman was almost like a sort of one-off 
individual version of the huge operation that you did with the Indian Australian tour all repatriated and, and placed into the Pullman a, a month or so ago. Exactly like that. Um, mm. We have we, we have a trickle of people coming into South Australia who are all uh, properly managed so that we know that they're not essentially at large within the community interacting without any sort of control. Um, we have... Uh, where, where people are given permission to come in on compassionate grounds, for, for examples like this, where they're visiting a terminally ill relative, they are under police escort when they leave the uh, the Pullman Hotel and they are required to comply with any conditions that we put on them to ensure the safety of the South Australian community. Mm-hmm. How many people would be in the Pullman under those circumstances at the moment? At the moment, I think we've got about 17 people who have returned from overseas through other states in Australia. We've had no international arrivals since those two planes a few weeks ago. And, and on, the, on the basis of our borders... Um, we've never said um, in a factual way that our borders are closed. Uh, the police officers working there understand that their job is to um, identify people who are um, able to claim the status of an essential traveller and move into the state. Some of those essential travellers um, are able to go about their business uh, without any impediment, but most are required to keep records of where they go and who they visit if there's any close contact in any of those interactions. Mm. So truck drivers, uh, people coming into the state to uh, you know, perform duties on essential services, um, uh, engineering, mining, things that we need to keep going, uh, given an, an exempt, or they're not given an exemption. They're, they're declared to be an essential traveller and they can move into the state. Mm. A lot of those people coming in um, who are not essential travellers are required to go straight to their place of residence and quarantine for 14 days, and they're the people that we're checking up on. Mm. Commissioner, this isn't a question that would normally be properly put to you, but my understanding is that with the state of emergency arrangements in place, you are the ultimate authority right now still in in South Australia and will continue to be so if the state of emergency continues on, on Saturday. As such, do you have a view about whether, and this is asking you a question about a huge political debate that's unfolding here in Australia right now, do you have a view about whether the South Australian border, particularly the eastern border, should be reopened for non-essential travel? Uh, Yes, I do. Um, My view, uh, based on the advice that I've received from um, uh, Professor Nicholas Spurrier and the other health experts that we consult with, is that our borders should remain in the same Uh, level of restrictions that we have now until we are satisfied that um, our interstate partners have uh, got the uh, spread of the virus under control in their own jurisdictions and they have an appropriate testing regime so they're able to accurately identify the status of the virus in their their jurisdictions. Whatever that threshold is, and that's a decision for health, when we know that we've met that threshold, then it's time for us to lift our borders so that we have free movement movement between states. So the sort of the roundtable discussion sort of taking us into the room, I guess, with, with you and Professor Spurrier and, and the Premier would, would, would be at the point where the health experts say, you know what, Victoria, New South Wales, Queensland, they look like they're on top of things now, and that's the point where from a law and order perspective you'd sort of put up your hand and say, righty yeah, we're good to go. Well, yeah, and it's not law and order. This is about emergency management and the way mm. the Act is structured. That yeah, The final decision um, rests with me, but... Make no mistake, you know, this, this is a group of experts who provide quality advice. And as you said earlier uh, in your program, th- these people are doing a huge amount of work at the moment and there are so many dimensions that need to be considered. And we're very sensitive to the fact that you know, lifting these things uh, is much more difficult than putting heavy restrictions on a community because the, the restrictions, when they go down, are like a blanket. But uh, it's more like a, a, a doily when you lift it up. 
so many holes in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In uh, the article in the advertiser we referred to with uh, Matt Abraham uh, a short time ago, uh, there's a statistic that says that SOPOL has made 19,678 checks on individuals and found 18,551 to be compliant. What happens with the 1,020-odd that weren't? There are varying levels of intervention and as I've said um, over the last couple of months our, our approach has been to work with the community and to educate where it's appropriate and provide support or advice. So many of those people are trying to do the right thing, um, get it wrong and we give them the advice they need so they can comply appropriately. But where we see um, deliberate non-compliance or repeated non-compliance uh, those people are issued an expiation notice and we have the ability to elevate our checking regime to make sure that they are complying. Mm. Mm. Good stuff. Police Commissioner Grant Stevens. thanks very much for joining us this You're morning. Welcome. 15 after 8. A lot more clarity around that. Uh, love to hear your thoughts, folks. 8223 0000 is the number you can text us to on the Telstra store at Mount Barker text line 0448 A lot of people still saying this is ridiculous. This person should have been checked interstate before they got here. What a farce. They were. Hmm. Well, they were and they passed the test. They were and they passed the test. Now, I reckon there's an element of this story that has ramifications for a whole host of other industries and, indeed, the reopening of borders everywhere. The idea that you can be tested. This person's in isolation. not like they got it then mingling in the community. Hmm. They clearly had it. The test suggested they didn't. And then they exhibited symptoms and test again. Oh, no, you do have it. If that raises real questions about the fallibility of testing for reopening all manner of things... Mm. All manner of things. Oh, footy? The AFL's a massive... Well, the AFL immediately went there mm. because the the approach they've taken is we're going to do more testing than anyone. We're going to test everyone. We're going to test the bejesus out of people. And what we're going to do is we'll test you before training. We'll test you after training. We'll test you before a game, after a game. And the but, that, but that's all within the space of one week. Exactly right. So the games what going, they're saying it? is if there's a positive test, we'll just take that person out of circulation and stop the spread that way. If the case of this woman is an example of what can happen. You could have trained three times and played a game by then. Hmm. I, hmm. I reckon that's it's, it's a really interesting and somewhat disturbing element of this. And not being ushered into the round three fixture along the same lines as the great Pullman operation that the commissioner just talked about. Exactly too. right. Yeah. I like a bed that's really firm. I need something a little softer than that. Rest easy. With the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed, you can both adjust your comfort with your Sleep Number setting. Can it really help me fall asleep faster? Yes, by gently warming your feet. Okay, but can it help keep us asleep? It senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you effortlessly comfortable. Sleep Number, proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. It's our biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed. Only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com.